alright, alright. Yo, 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 what it do, what it do. It's your boy Yellow the Poet. And I am here with Miss Patricia Ann. She has done multiple things in her ministries and um, a little bit of TV. So we're actually going to get into it. We're going to let Miss Patricia Ann tell us everything. Thank you, Miss Patricia Ann, for joining us. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope your day is going well. Please tell us about yourself and things that you do. Yes, thank you for having me. It's a it's an honor to finally come on your show. A little things about me is my ministry is No More Silent Tears. We have reached out into community for over 20 plus years. And then, you know, before God gave me that ministry, I was also working within churches and stuff like that. I would help develop programs, outreach, um, so churches where they're spending too much money, just any organization that just wanted to do better but needed assistance without taxing them so much money to it also. Wow, okay. I've been with the police department. Um, I've been a chaplain for the police department. And I was the one that went out, you know, if I had to report a death, went on death scenes. And those are the saddest, you know, especially if it was a suicide involved domestic violence we would help remove the remove whoever's being uh, domestically abused remove children and so i did that for quite some time and then i stepped into radio my first radio was out of new york based out of new york and then i eventually moved to texas and then i ended up joining with no more silent tears we were doing the radio and now we are on spectrum channel 45 at 12 so my up to date and then of course i did prison ministry like everything's flooding like <laughs> so i did prison ministry for so long it's almost i'm almost done a lot that was you know even went to africa to feed people to preach to inspire to encourage to uplift that was my furthest travel was africa and my biggest experience awesome 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 so over in africa how did you like it? How how did the people treat you in Africa? The people treated me great. I mean, I was treated better in Africa than I've been treated in the States. Hey. I'm just being honest, you know I me. Mean? And so the hunger for the word, the hunger for people to feed them the word. I'm strictly talking about the word. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about food. I'm strictly talking about the word. The um the Lord was there, and so we had a beautiful woman that um led us there, and so just during my experience there, I saw a great need, you know, a great need for clean water, a great need to to feed naturally and spiritually. You know, I even got the chance to talk to a witch doctor. Like all my experiences were great. I got a chance, of course, to preach over there, um, preach to. A with, with, through a church and then I end up teaching classes through the youth and so it was just a great experience all around definitely would go back awesome. I definitely would awesome so in, in your travels over there to Africa what was some of the most heartwarming moments that you had there um one of my there were so many. One of them, we had to go to this place where people were running mm -hmm. for safety 
And so they went to this one place and then we got to talk to them to have to run for your life to a strange place for safety and needing certain things. That was my most heartwarming was to talk to them, to feed them, to uplift them, to encourage them. Cause they had to start over in, an, in another part of Africa that was not their home. And so that was heartwarming. Cause I can just imagine like leaving my house right now, having to run for my life and then other people in another part of the country. Yeah, that's sad. That, that was my, and then there was children involved, not just adults, but we're talking about children. We're talking about babies. We're talking about pregnant women who still need assistance and help. Wow. Wow. That is something. That is something. So... I saw some of the clearest water. Clear. And I'm not talking about water to drink. I'm talking about like a against or whatever you might call it river. and i the river i think river did i go it's in the bible um oh my goodness and i got to put my hands in and play with it because it was where um i'm trying to think of the river anyway like so many things are flooding that the jordan river okay I, I was able to go there where jesus was and actually put my hands in it and play it <laughs> so Personally, one of the greatest that, um, been a part of. Oh, wow. That definitely had to be a powerful experience, no doubt. <laughs> it really was. It really was. So, in all of your years of ministry, um, as a collaboration, what would you say were the most, the, the biggest topics that you actually had to discuss? while you were doing your ministry the biggest one of the biggest topics were basically um I get down to it is loving yourself like christ loved you because a lot of times we don't love ourselves so i don't tell somebody to love yourself like you need to love yourself before you love somebody else because if you don't love yourself and you don't even know how to love yourself so the biggest thing i would always say love yourself like christ loved you because if you don't love yourself like christ loved you then you don't love yourself nor whomever you with, you will accept you. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of times those women don't even love themselves. And even I was abused. A lot of people, oh, you're a strong woman. You, the whole time you didn't know I was being abused. Exactly. Yes. Because a lot of times we protect the abuser because we don't want to ruin their reputation. But the whole time, you know, I got bruises all over me. You wondering why I'm not walking through the church hugging people is because my body is sore mm. from last the night before. So, wow. so people look at me like, oh, she distant. Oh, she don't want to be a part of us. Oh, she she thinks she's too much. But the whole time when you hug me, you, you hurt my back. You, you hurt my shoulders. You hurt my arms because people treat you in many different ways. And the whole time you did not know that I had bruises up under them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would judge you instead of pray for you. And so I, um, I, my thing is teaching women and men to love themselves like Christ loved them. Because if you don't love yourself and know how to love yourself, I can't even say love yourself like your mother loved you or your parents. Because a lot of times people grew up in abusive situations. So you can't, 
<laughs> that yeah. can't be an excuse for me. That's true. That is very true. Mm-hmm. When nobody don't believe with him either. I'm just talking about my belief and whatever your belief is. That's who you, you know. That's who you love yourself after as well. Because even the Bible is that we are supposed to respect each other regardless. So I respect belief because I have no comments with the love. Oh, I don't believe in you. It's whatever you believe in. Right. That's what you follow. So I just right. want to. That's another thing that I do on social media as well is make sure I clarify because I respect everyone's everyone's religion because this is what I follow and I would respect each other while I'm following. Yeah, definitely we have to respect each other's um, beliefs and point of views or else we'll never be able to grow. That's for certain. Mm-hmm. That is definitely a certainty. Has there ever been a time in your um, teachings that you ever had to speak to someone that was of a different faith? Oh, most definitely. I didn't talk to devil worshippers. Like, <laughs> my life is so broad that how can you learn what people need unless you open yourself up? Mm-hmm. But, I, but first, I don't go and God tell me to. I remember I was going to a church and God told me in a church was a same-sex marriage type of church. I got up out of church and I went over there and God said, now sit and listen. I I walked to people, you know, the pastor came over, introduced himself to me and I said, I just came because God told me to come. I want to, you know, enjoy worship with you. Um, I was I was invited and welcomed and respected and gave respect. So I said all the time. the Lord showed me, he said, now what the difference is. Immediately, the difference in a lot of churches, they don't, they don't receive people with the same love and respect that that is. Okay. Now what? We need so many people because we want to judge them as soon as they walk through the door. We want to judge them because they don't look like us, talk like us, act like us, worship like us, um, have different views different than us. And so we kill them. So if I'm killing you, why is this person going to be the hospital for you? Because you just came to another toxic environment that you just left trying to get help. But we don't know the type of help you need because we were judging from the top to bottom. When um, I was I had my own church before I got married, I had my own church. I had a then I got married wanted to be with my husband. So what I did was making an outreach because I want to sit with my husband. I want to be with my husband. I want to grow with my husband. Because I'm that type of old fashioned you know, woman and all the um, all the members understood, you know, and then that one they were traveling, come to the church once a month. I was that type of woman. You know? So a lot of people didn't agree that I closed my church down, you know, find them different churches to go to, you know, I didn't just forsake them and leave them and dump them. But I know that I needed to be next to my husband. I'm that type of woman. And then, of course, situations and circumstances happen in life that changes a dynamic. Okay. That's, that's how my church ended up, you know, closing, but ended up in an outreach. And then they love. I have to stay there for them. And so it grew. That was the bad part of the good. 
church names I forget so it ain't just this one either that's just how I am if they call me and say hey I need some help I'm gonna be right there no we don't be right there okay what is what do you need me to do that wouldn't be my faith because I remember uh when I my church was open I had a couple in there they knew we didn't believe in it they knew I would never marry them they knew the whole thing, but still joined. And you know why? Because we still showed them respect and still showed them love. Whatever my sermon was, the sermon that God gave me, I never changed my sermon because they were in the building. And through my traveling, what I learned, a lot of a lot of leaders would change their sermon because they walked through the door. Wow. And my traveling, I see a lot of you know preachers use the pulpit as a boxing ring. If they're, if they're mad at their members, you know they would they would they would find a scripture to try to talk about that and deviate. And so you know, a lot of times ministries and stuff are not blessed based on what is happening in seas because you can't fool God and you sure cannot fool nobody with discernment. You can fool but you can't feel sermon. A lot of times you have to look at yourself because even as a uh, even pastor, I you know I'm a pastor. I travel and I help churches grow and I help plant churches and I do those type of things now. It's different. But when I was a pastor, I always looked at myself because the, the main responsibility is is the, is the, mm -hmm. the, the, the pastors the congregation going to be saved. If the pastor lies, still still cheat, then that's going to happen, right? And one thing about it, I would never, ever, and nor did I allow any of my members that sat up under me to put me on the pedestal. I said, I have, I make mistakes just like you make mistakes. I repent just like you have to repent. But the difference is the things that I have to do are held more accountable. But this is something I tell everybody. No one is without I don't care what the title is. No one is. Because when you become perfect, you said there was no reason for Jesus. Okay? And so there's a reason for Jesus. So no one is perfect. And this is one thing on every platform I talk about is because I want people to go to church and find the perfect church, find the perfect family. You know, not just a big building, oh, they got everything. Well, they can have everything, but then you're not getting fed. You don't. Me. I make mistakes. I I have to I have to say I'm sorry. I have to go repent to people because we are first natural, then we are spiritual. We're born, we're born into sin. So what that tells <laughs> So um how do you when you're um when you're preaching, do you 
kind of put yourself in another person's shoes like say for example the subject that you brought up where some of the um, pastors or ministers may use the um, pulpit as a boxing ring and they'll find the scripture talking about somebody else if you see those things do you put yourself in that other person's shoes that they're talking about and how does that affect you absolutely because it's been done to me several times okay eventually i you, you have to leave those type of situations because if you in there and you, other people not know but some but some people didn't know because you can't fool everybody. Yeah. And so I had to remove myself. You have to remove yourself out of all situations because if I'm hurting and now you're, and you know, one of the first things, <laughs> if it hits you, don't blame me. Well, you both know that we just had this conversation by word you have repeated what I've said and almost word by word you repeated what you said to me uh -huh. you're not you're just justifying how you did what you did mm -hmm. yeah and I've talked to a lot of people who have been in that situation and that's why a lot of people don't want to come to church or believe in God because the ones who supposed to represent God is I have met more people that have found faith who they are. They don't go to church on a regular basis. I have I have someone who I listen to you talk. You can go to church all the time before you go to church, right? Because mm. you can learn from everybody just like you learn from you. And he has given me some of the most sound advice. That inside of the um inside of the prison system what was that experience like <laughs> yes, I, I used to preach a lot in the prison system and um the, oh my god let me tell you about this one <laughs> okay yeah because this is kind of think about where i was it's a little country town not too far from here it's a prison like, like you know you shit because i didn't got excited now uh. <laughs> oh I, it's, a, it's just here in Texas. So this guy came to go with him. And so I started in the prison with him. I was preaching um, every Sunday evening. I would preach at the uh, prison, right? Mm -hmm. So one day, you know, I had just finished preaching. And, um, and that's another thing, you know, they were always scared for me because when I start and whatever God had me do, I never forget this girl just laid out and I had walked because I'm just comfortable. I was comfortable in the prison, okay? I was just comfortable. I don't want to go to prison because I'm OCD and stuff, and I don't like to be locked up, and I don't like nobody telling me what to do like that. But I was comfortable there. 
And so this girl just laid out and what happened was I squatted down, you know, and was praying over her and I disappeared. Wow. Warm up inmates was over 200 inmates. So a swarm of inmates was surrounding me and they were, they were praying as well. And so, but you couldn't see me because I disappeared. So um, then when I disappeared, yeah, I know that they can be fake praying while somebody beat me up or, you know, whatever. But that wasn't a situation. I was very comfortable. I obeyed the spirit. And so, and then all I saw was this other um, other minister from another ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't have any. He just, I guess he, he walked in and because he couldn't see me, he was coming to save me. Right. And himself and I guess it's different just like I did. Huh. And so he was moving everybody. So uh, I never forget that when he got there, all he did was put his hand on my shoulder. He didn't, he didn't pray with me because he saw the move of God that was transforming. Okay. So he, nothing mattered anymore, right? That particular service was over. I got to talk to women of different nationalities. I got to talk to a, a mother and a daughter that was in the same facility. And so after everything was done, and I'm mentioning this service because it happened in this service. Right. After everything was done, you start talking to stuff, and I was talking to a lot of inmates. So a particular inmate came up to me and they said, just um, get a little get up. And she said, daddy named such and such. Oh. I said, oh, Lord, I think you're right. Because for somebody to say that, that was back in the day when I was getting down before Christ. Okay? Oh. So that is back here. And when she said, my baby daddy, I already knew what she was talking about. I automatically knew that I, how I was getting down back then. I was fighting. I was never, I was never a gang member, but I was gang affiliated. So all of that was rushing back. This is a so she said my baby daddy name and then she said the city. She's like you from Beaumont. I was like, oh Lord, am, am I gonna have to fight? Because I'm you know I am where I am. And I was like, oh my God, how do I bag out of this? And so me I said, yeah it was because my my words but I now am stronger in my voice, so I won't project nothing being scared because you can't, they smell fear in prison. Exactly. So now my posture is up, and I said, yeah, he is, and who are you? Uh-huh. But what I did, I stepped back, so if he swung, it gets different. <laughs> and then, And she said her thing, when I tell you we cried and we because wow. I didn't recognize her. She was unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. That was my best friend back in the day. We used to go shoot pool together. We hung together. She stayed at my house, like everything. Wow. <laughs> she used to beat her up so bad. Wow. And all I could do was give God the glory that I didn't continue doing some stuff that I was doing because what was the difference between her and I if we were best friends? There was no difference. <laughs> that was one of the most, that was one of the most greatest 
prison for me personally. Mm-hmm. We were on TV, the TV television station had came down to another prison I was working at and they were um, talking to and filming us. So uh, a lot of English and my turn to speak. And so in my dynamics, I always want to talk about something different than the next speaker. Mm-hmm. And so I talked about my, my father getting a hundred year sentence and I never knew, right? And I said, and the, uh, I said, now he didn't do all these years, but he's out now, but I never knew him. I said, so every time I was molested, I thought about my father wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Every time he used me, I thought about him. Every time that I thought that um, because she was appointed time of my life, mm-hmm. I was because my thing was, my father didn't love me. So at least they say they love me, even though they Mm-hmm. And all those men, the hardcore men, you know them. They, cause you know you gotta be hard in prison. You, you can't be crying. <laughs> I said, so how many of you have daughters? They raised their hands. So I spoke on a daughter aspect of being raped, being molested, being mistreated. I said, cause you're in here and you felt whatever was more important. You're in here. You. With another man to take care of your baby because that woman is not fit to remain single for the rest of her life. Right. She's gonna trust the fact that this person won't do it because trust. But there are some women that know it's happening and just don't care. Mm-hmm. That know it's happening and now they view their their daughter as competition. I've dealt with those type of women as well. So when I was talking to these men, they started crying. They started thinking, and then, you know, I had different ways. I said, how many of you have sons? Oh, they raised their hand. They smile and they raising their hand because they got a son. I said, yeah, they molest them too. Exactly. They dropped their head because they thought they were safe because they had a son. And so they began to cry. I said, you can change that you in here. And who I am. I said, now if you in here because you protected your son or daughter and you did something to get in here, I'm not talking to you. If you to protect your wife, some family member or whatever, and you you made a good choice, but you still had a bad outcome, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the ones who could have made a better choice, but did it. And so afterwards, I had so many men blocking to me, telling me, thank you, I never saw it that way. I'm going to do my time and I'm going to get it out of here. And I said, I understand that you got to do what you got to do to survive in prison. I said, I understand that. And I understand sometimes doing that, you get more time added on. Yeah. I understand. But when you get out, you get out. Don't be trying to be in a relationship. Get yourself together and fully invest yourself in your kids because they're going to want almost nothing to do with you depending on how long you've been gone and what season you were out and if you weren't a good father. So you need to invest 100% of your time towards your kids because your relationships that you get in will not be good because your relationship with your kids are still toxic. And only you can fix that. That's your job. You're the father. And so that was one of my, one of the ones that I, that I like I love doing the prison. You know, sometimes when you're doing certain things, everybody don't like you. Uh, especially when you get in certain relationships, you know, there's some things that you change because yeah. you know, I'm life that that um, I am. If my if my spouse didn't like it, then I stopped, even though I loved it. You know, 
that's just compromising. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he reminded me, um, I talked to some guys sometimes during um, my time of doing motivational speaking, and a lot of the guys were incarcerated at some point in their lives. And okay. it's so true that a lot of them don't think about all the things that they do before they actually commit to doing whatever it is that they felt they had to do at that moment. And when I talk to them and I explain to them basically the same thing about, you know, if you have children and you have to make certain decisions based on the, that life or that lifestyle that you want to see your children have. And they'll look and they're like, man, I never thought about it that way. I, my first thought was just to react. And I say, well, there's nothing wrong with your first thought being to react, but it's how you react that reflects what happens after that. So you have to be careful with how you react. It's not a problem with reacting first, but how you're reacting, what your initial initial plan is going into that reaction, those are the things that's going to have the most impact on whether you're going to spend time in prison or are you going to spend time with your family. So which one do you really want? Do you really want to spend time with your family or do you want to spend time in prison? Nobody initially states that we want to spend time in prison, but if it happens, do your time be dedicated to your family and once you get out make a better decision the next time not the same decision you know and they they applaud me for that they thank me and then a lot of times even when i'm on the phone sometimes with my brother because he's actually in prison he'll talk to me and he'll have other gentlemen inside the prison talk to me and i give them advice as we go and they're just like so crazy about the advice that i've been giving them but at the end of the day, it's all about what you do with it. It's not about what you hear. It's what you do with it. You can't just yeah. listen to things and not do something with it. <laughs> you have to do something with it. So I ask you, um, during your time of um, your ministries, um, has there ever been a time where you actually had to step back and because I know you talked about something similar to this, this is a time you had to step back and minister yourself. And how did that experience work for you? Yes, um, I was going through something real. And so uh, I set myself down in ministry. And you know, even, even when I talked to my overseer, she was like, why did you put yourself down? God didn't even want you to put yourself in, but it's a lot of inward stuff. And so um, I sat down for almost a year and a half, two years. Oh, wow. But I was kind of active, but basically I sat myself down. You wouldn't have known I sat myself down unless you really knew me. Mm. And so uh, I felt like, I felt like, and that strength, you like, but she said, how did how did you get to a place you felt like nothing anymore? I'm not there anymore. Now I'm back active, as you can see, because I'm on the platform. Yes. But uh, <laughs> so I just I started moving again. I started saying yes to 
interviews. I started saying yes to this and moving differently now. But it took me a while. Mm-hmm. It took me a minute. And so something I couldn't sit down on is when we had the, when we were doing the um, radio show. I couldn't sit down on that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it started television. I couldn't sit down on that. So I thank God that I couldn't sit down on that because I probably wouldn't have got back up. Sometimes things come and and can take from the midsection on down, and then you don't have no answers because they didn't all fail out. That's how I felt. Understandable. Now you would have never known that, and you you can't even tell anybody that because some people will kick you while you're down. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. You know. You know, love, consideration, mutual respect. Like, it's just so many things that have to take place in life. But the one thing that God showed me, it doesn't matter what other things happen. I love you. Because yes. I was down, I was like, right, how you love me? <laughs> And see, I can share this now because it's past tense. Understood. It is past tense. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends, a lot of people say they my sisters and brothers. I definitely couldn't even tell them. Understood. <laughs> it's always that one. Mm-hmm. That's in the book. That God, I never forget, I was on the floor in a fetal position crying and my phone was ringing. The spirit said, get up and answer the phone. My aunt, she rarely talked. I mean, rarely talked. Mm-hmm. God said, I had no idea because we see you doing all this and this and this and doing this and this and this. And, this. and so, God brought her to me. So you know me, a lot of other people know me. I'm going to be honest about how I feel. Nobody has ever guessed how I feel about them because I don't mind telling them. But, but now I thank God for you know, so many different things have taken place, you know, because we're all God's children. We're all God's children, whether we accept, decline, believe, don't believe, you know, we're all God's children. So we have to learn to forgive, but most of all, we have to process. But you know what? I'm going to say this. A friend of mine, like, he has encouraged me so much. You know, like, he encouraged me as well. But a friend of mine, um, you cannot expect people to love and treat you like you treat them. Yeah, that's true. He told, he told and I was like, hell no. And, but it was <laughs> It's true. It's very true. It, it may be hard to accept, but it's true. <laughs> he first told me, I was like, 
And you know, because the Bible says treat people like you want to be treated. And so I'm like treating, but the Bible never said, and they will treat you likewise. <laughs> like that's that part's not in there. And so all you confirm something that I needed to hear, and then God instantly said, He brought information because that is in the Bible, and I have read it. But he he brings like, hey, tap me on the shoulder. Hey. <laughs> Thank God for different, you know, people in my life, you other people that I can talk to. You know, I have people that I can talk to, but when I was at my lowest, it was only Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, um, another thing during your time of uh, ministry, how different is it speaking with children and motivating and encouraging children versus? adults um when you're dealing with children it depends on what they tell you. Mm -hmm. if one is telling me that they're being abused i'm reporting it okay. i'm not going to you know to kick it out you know maybe they didn't mean it like that no i'm not saying all that i'm gonna say i'm gonna, I'm gonna tell them i'm gonna be there for you uh, you feel safe if they say I'm going to say right now, there's absolutely nothing I can do, but I'm getting ready to call the police. How do you feel about that? And a lot of times they say, please help me out. I've never really had one that tell me, don't call the police. Right. I don't call the police where we at, because I don't want them to go back to where they're going. Mm -hmm. I was at a church, um, and I'm always respectful of the questions that were coming. <laughs> know about sex you know so i'm very with my surrounding i said hold on i said so, you know i went out to the first lady and i went talk to the church mother and it was like don't answer any questions because they're too young i said okay no problem i said i did what they told me and it just it was so strong on me so i went back out and i talked to the first mother and I talked to the first lady. I said, if you're in the situation, it's not going to make it go away. But I will tell you what the spirit told me. One of those ladies will end up pregnant before the year is out. Of course, they never, they, they allowed me to finish my session, told me thank you, they'll have me back. Of course, that never happened. They didn't want to hear from me no more. They didn't want to talk more. You know, I expected that. You, you know, because I'm still going to do what God wants me to do regardless. So I expected that. And through another friend, that went to that church. The pastor, um, the pastor and the first lady, their daughter, who was that for me. Wow. So, questions, you don't stop them from indulging. <laughs> so, the church is supposed to be a safe environment so we can give information. Yeah, I know back then, taboo, whatever. But in this day, if you don't if you watch this, even back then, it might have been taboo, but they were still learning from somebody. Yeah, exactly. Why not in a safe environment? Because it's the way we say things. Just telling them don't have sex until you marry. Did you? So, <laughs> there are people who did, but there's a majority who didn't. Yeah. Because you did, that don't mean somebody's not. Right. So, that's just going through with a, a parent who don't understand them. You know, I would give them pointers on, you know, 
go about it, but it can't be their health and the cannot be at a point where it's going to be because I'm, I don't think but to encourage them, whether it's schoolwork, whether it's misunderstanding with parents, I encourage them on well, talk this do you talk about it? Do you roll your neck? Do you push them off? How are you putting yourself? Are you respectful? And a lot of times they're like, nah, because they made me sick. And I said, and that's why. Because now the world have really upped itself because now they got to let you know who's in charge. <laughs> I said, so you just made your situation worse. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's the same thing if I'm encouraging a woman. If she's in a situation, is she ready to bounce? I'm calling, I'm giving her where to go. You know, a lot of times I don't talk down about the spouse. Because when you talk down about the abuser, they're just going to defend them because they're still in love. They know, but they're going to defend them. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking for that first person that they met, even though that first person they met was a lie. Exactly. Until they can get out of the, what they fell in love with, now they process. And especially if they had issues with their father, they're going to stay even more because at least, because even me, at least they're getting something my father didn't. So you stay in a beautiful situation longer. That is mental and physical. And we all know mental abuse is worse than physical. And that's some impactful insight, no doubt. That's definitely. I had to counsel for men who were being abused. Yeah. it's not just women it's not it's not it's not and i and i know um firsthand what it's like to be in an abusive relationship because i literally had an ex-wife who thought that she was going to be that abuser towards me and i just had to show her differently it's, i mean not beat her up and you know try and demolish her like like she was a man no i just had to show her differently like you're not gonna be putting your hands on me i'm not that person whoever let you do that to them in the past that's them i'm not them <laughs> and i would show her it's not gonna happen i'm not that person <laughs> you know what you just answered a question mom because i dealt with a few people you know women did strike a man and they did and they said, but I when they, they strike out because of everything he was doing. Mm-hmm. But he would mentally torment the woman. And mentally torment her, she strikes. Mm-hmm. That abuse, mentally abuse and tormenting a woman to the point that happens, you abuse on a different level. And then that's what she did to protect herself. But then I've been in a relationship like that, being mentally tormented, mm-hmm. mentally abused. And I struck out before I knew it. And then so I went to go get um, help because this person was saying I was crazy. I was this and I was that. So I went to go get help because I'm like, am I? And they were like, that's not what's wrong with you. You're in a relationship you shouldn't be in. But that's not wrong with you. Do you not know this is abuse when they do this to you? This is abuse because there's so many forms of abuse talking down, calling treatment, ignoring you, pulling back a face. You know, 
whole bunch of shit, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And so what they do is they do that for you can strike out, so they can strike. Happy about how they're treated. But that didn't happen until until uh, later or years later of taking so much mental Right. Well, she was verbally and physically abusive, but the only time that she actually got me to actually put my hands on her is when she drew a weapon. And that's just something I'm not going to take from anybody. I don't care if it's male or female. Oh, absolutely. Sit back and watch somebody harm me, could possibly kill me because you have a weapon. No, I'm going to defend myself. And that's just what I did. And, and I'm, uh, believe it or not, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, my was my hair. And she was like, it nobody believe It happened. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It does. It happens to me and that women. It doesn't matter. You know, I was like, well, there was like, it doesn't matter. She said, I love you, a beautiful person. Um, one thing, she's like, one thing about you, I love Pat. You were terrible what you did. But you also didn't tell the whole situation of why you did it. What you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's best. It's best to be open and and forthcoming rather than to try and sugarcoat and make it seem like it's it's something that is not. Is I mean, being forthcoming. That's the best tool that was ever invented in humanity. Because you know, one no... of the most scary things is when a man stand over you and tower you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Like, mm-hmm. it's and I'm thinking, because I need some space, even though I physically, you know, I cannot, you know, fight, whatever, but I need space. Yeah. And if I can reach out with my hand, you too close to me. <laughs> Especially Understood. I just feel safe. I did. I felt like this person would kill me. I felt like this person Yeah. Yeah. And it's it was it was really bad when you like in a relationship and you feel like you have to treat this person the same way you would a customer by giving them like pretty good customer service. So your relationship is distant, but at the same time, you're trying to be respectful and plan your way out of this relationship because you know it's not a good relationship for you. That's is women. I don't know about men, but as women, because we are so ashamed that if we put a smile on our face, like, like. Openly and publicly, and the whole time, I got bruises down my back. I got bruises down my arms because there's certain times, you know, it, it, especially it, I, I always kept lap scars, you know, because if I had to a bruise, I had to do because I didn't wear makeup. 
Mm-hmm. I, I wear makeup, but not a lot. Right. A lot of times when I put on makeup, it was to cover something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but see, in the men's case, well, we're not too quick to smile, but we will pretty much just put on a, a normal blank expression. And it was it's it's not to show anybody that there's something wrong or there's not something wrong. It's because we're trying to process like, wow, I never thought this would ever happen and is she crazy? Do she really think that especially if you're the type of person you know you're gonna defend yourself, like is she crazy? Does she really think that I'm gonna let her do this to me? <laughs> what is wrong with her? <laughs> so you kinda have this blank expression like Wow, I just because everything is still processing, especially if it's never happened to you before. It's like something new. It's like you say, it's just crazy. It's totally crazy. <laughs> you pulling out the gun. <laughs> I got new threats. <laughs> I, they never pulled the gun out. I just got many threats. Mm-hmm. Well, I have had the guns pulled out on me too. Been shot at the whole night. <laughs> And I just, I just take it with a grain of salt. Like it is what it is. If you're that emotional and you feel like those types of emotions are what's going to come out of you, then I'm not going to try and control those emotions. But what I am going to try to do is keep you from hurting me or killing me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I feel like I have just as much to live for as you do. And just because you feel like you have to take me out doesn't mean that I have to accept it. <laughs> That and that is so true. So you know, because everything I've been through in life has made me stronger. But God has always had a ram in the bush to keep me up. I met my real father by now. You know, in my thirties, and we have a great relationship. And I had with a psychiatrist. What he was talking about, he said, Well, whenever he, you meet your father and um, develop a relationship with your father, you will no longer take a view. Right? Because I got to the point where I stopped. But what happened was, our relationship didn't jail, and I went right back to what I was doing. Really, really, really needed that female have a relationship with their father. Be life because you don't want them to be like taking a okay, you brush it off, and okay, you're no longer physical abuse, but you're being mentally tormented. So you brush, you, you keep brushing it off, but it's a it's abuse across the way because both of them are meant to take down your self-esteem and don't be successful. Oh my God, it's even worse. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Because <laughs> they feel entitled. They feel like they're entitled to everything that you worked hard for, even though they didn't do anything to aid and abet you, but they feel like they're entitled to it. I don't understand that mentality, but... Yeah, I've... Uh, you know, when I look at I want my future to reflect what I, I desire 
And a lot of changes come even when you don't agree with them. Even when you want more, you know, it's, it's just not about that. And the main thing that stick with me is people will not love you or treat you the way you are. And when my told me that, it just stuck and said it. Mm-hmm. Even you, the time that we've talked, you know, the things that you said stuck. And I remember once in a while we kept making excuses. You said, no, I've, I've seen this many times. No. And it took me a minute to get it. And then I was like, I had to come. Yeah, you was right. <laughs> you was right. <laughs> I have always been that faithful person. I'm down with you. I'm riding home. Yeah. I know we will let go. But by the time I let go, I'm drowning. Right. Other people who cared about me enough to pour into me. And it's a shame because, you know, you think of the people you poured into, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> True. Not that it was a bad thing, but God did not ordain you for this assignment in my life that I needed. Thank God for you because I remember we talking. I was like, no, no. He's like, yes, I've seen this many times. Yes. <laughs> and I kept making excuses. And then one day, out of the blue, I can't, you're right. Different people, different backgrounds to help you because I don't jump from one person to one person trying to get to hear what I want to hear. Because even people sometimes like, who, who, genuinely care for me and my well-being, I'm still trying to do something else. <laughs> but all those facts were right here. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a part of life. You know, we go through these ups and downs and then you see something, you get, you run into somebody or that person is brought into your life even if for, even if it's just for a brief moment, they're brought into your life to actually give you some additional insight to help you get past that point where you're stuck at and a lot of times we don't want to see it because in our minds this is a perfect stranger this is a complete stranger who the heck are you to come into my life and and understand something within the blink of an eye that i know is there but i'm not trying to tell you all of this because i don't know you (laughs) but you know one thing about it even it's like we've been together for so long Mm It just, it just click. You be like, hey, be like, hey. And so I, I thank God for your friendship. I thank God for anything that you've ever poured to me. And even when I couldn't get it, and then I had to, you know, because I'm just that type of woman, you know, that's just, that's a part of my makeup. It's a good thing, but then it can be a bad thing too for me. So I, I thank God for <laughs> I, I, I did. Honor what honor is due. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm not here just because I'm here. I'm here because of who God is and the people He put in my life to help me get where I am. I even go back to my foundational church, Rebirth Church in Christ. Okay, that's where I went from from street to church. That was my first transition. 
Okay. Well, everything built off of that foundation, and I've told um, the first lady all the time, you know, thank you. Different people in my life, you know, I hold dear. You know, I I, I just truly, truly, truly thank God. Yes, indeed. Oh, I, I, I tell you. I'm I'm thankful for all the people that I've come in contact with. Um, I've learned a lot from various people throughout my entire life. And the one person that has definitely um, blessed my life, my heart, and after my grandmother passed, she has been the most influential person in my entire life, and that's my wife. She has definitely been there for me more than anybody that I've dealt with. Even my closest friends, she's actually been there for me more than they have. And I'm not taking any credit away from my friends, but yeah. I have to state the facts the way that they are. I have to tell it exactly how it is. And I'm always grateful for, you know, like your friendship the friendships from the people that I've been around since I was a little boy. I'm grateful for all of my friendships, but I have to be honest about the most impact. And my wife has definitely had the most impact out of everybody because it's like my grandmother's spirit just came through her and reinvented the wheel, you know? <laughs> now, that that is a beautiful... You know, I, I thank God for, um, when I tell you, he keeps it 200. Mm -hmm. And he helped me, I'm a strong woman, but he helped me become a stronger woman because mm -hmm. he keeps it with me. And so, just like you do, you keep it 100 with me. <laughs> <laughs> I thank God for your friendship as well, you know. And, I have a lot of impactful women in my life. Mm -hmm. kids, my kids. My oldest daughter, she is just no holds barred, man. She gonna <laughs> I notice how you feel that this is this. You might not can see my my youngest daughter. Well, mama, uh, you can't see you might not can see it, but this is this is so you know, I thank God for the people. If it hadn't been for them, I don't know God would always have me, but I know God put them in my life in assignment. Yes. It's great. I'm grateful. I don't say no names because, first of all, I didn't get permission to say people's names. Okay? And it's too many people. <laughs> you start naming names, you better not forget nobody. Yeah, it's too many people. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like this. You know who you are. <laughs> and I met some people and I felt so bad. And I and that's when I learned. Don't say no names. Just like I. <laughs> that's true. Well, I truly, I truly thank you, thank you so much for taking the time out to be on YTP Entertainment. It is truly a blessing. Um, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to having more of these times like this because this was definitely a great discussion. Thank you. Well, you just so, let so me know. Much. 
You know, any topic is good with me. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> that works. That works. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. <laughs> and, um, please, before we go, let the people know where they can actually interact with you. If you have a email or Facebook, social media, let the people know where they can interact with you. You can interact with me on Facebook. It's, and my name is Patricia Ann. You can interact with me on Instagram. And I believe Patricia Ann start doing is Patricia and and awesome 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 well thank you so much Pat Miss Patricia Ann you have yeah. a wonderful wonderful day peace and blessings <laughs> <laughs>